For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket performance transmission and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. WFO Radio podcast back on the air, getting ready for the NHRA New England Nationals. The ninth time the National Hot Rod Association has headed up to Epping, New Hampshire. Super excited. I've been to all these races for the most part and want to keep that stretch going. Today on the show, flying solo. Going to just chat it out with the listeners and viewers from around the world about this weekend's action, the season, drag racing in general, and whatever else is out there in the uh, in the world today. We're going to knock it out. And something I like to do every once in a while kind of brings me back to my talk radio roots where you'd get on the air for four hours and just go whatever was hot and on the minds of the folks and callers out there. But there's a lot to talk about. We'll get into it. Clearly, Brittany Force winning three of seven races. That's a pretty big deal. And what's she going to do this weekend? And I, I wonder, you know, I get there's some John Force fatigue amongst the fans that don't root for John Force. But Brittany, on the other hand, she's the underdog in this situation. Going up against Team Capco, four-time champ, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. And now she is fighting back. So I wonder how that breakdown is working out amongst the fans out there. Brittany Force has uh, put up some amazing statistics, improved her driving ability. We'll get into it on the show. Also want to talk pro stock, factory hot rods, category that is near and dear to my heart. And I love going to a race where they're going to be there. You don't realize, what do they say? What do I say on a regular basis? You know, you can't miss me if I'm, if I'm never gone. You can't miss me if I'm never gone, which is why on WFO radio every once in a while, we'll do a best of show because you can't miss us if we're never gone. And that is true for pro stock. People have been, uh, you know, when are they going to run a full season again? This is a full season for them. And it's the reason we have more than we need at every race. And so let's keep it going with pro stock and the factory hot rods. They are back and funny car, a wide open affair. We'll get into all of that. Plus I want to ask, a question of everybody out there, kind of a poll question. I'm not going to tell you right now because you'll start answering immediately. And we don't want that. We want you to wait. But this is going to be a fun edition of the show. And even if it isn't, we don't have control over these things. I want to shout out to the people who make it possible for me to go WFO like Phillips Connect. Justin Ashley getting a lot of pub this week. Justin Ashley is everywhere this week and last week. Doing a really good job. We had Jim Epler on the show. He told us about the new technology trailer that's going to be going around to all the races. Jim is going to be out there, Mr. 300, going to be kind of showcasing the technology that Phillips Connect brings to the table for people in the transportation industry. Super excited about that. You should be too. Go to phillips-connect.com to learn more about all the different sensors they offer and technology they offer for your trailers or your fleet depending on the industry you are in. Phillips-connect.com. It is an enterprise business, so you go through dealers uh, for that. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. I am just touching up the final touches on a new episode of Hidden Horsepower with Mark Mulberg from Digital Metrology. And this is one of those episodes that those who are on the quest, the quest for knowledge, you will really enjoy it. Even if you don't understand everything that 
is being discussed, like me. You, I, I got a pretty good grasp of it, honestly. Um, but it just goes to show you how much potential still remains in internal combustion. And those who want to, you know, say that it's over are missing missing the point. And we talk about electric, and we talk about all these things. But in the end, there's going to have to be combustion which means there's going to have to be rings, which is really interesting. Totalseal.com. Go to the website, check out Hidden Horsepower, new episode coming out on Friday. And if you are an engine builder and you are not using Total Seal piston rings, you're missing the mark. Go to the website, find out more, call Keith, call Lake, get more information and get up to speed. VP Racing Fuels. Really appreciate these guys for coming on board for a bit here on WFO Radio. Love the fact that they you know, started out, I don't want to say from, from nothing, but Mr. Burns decides, like, we need better racing fuel. And he goes to the Library of Congress, and he does his research, and he starts mixing stuff, chemistry lab and a trailer. And next thing you know, one of the most world-recognized brands of racing fuel is birthed, and they've grown into fuel additives and lubricants, and now they're on the absolute cutting edge in pro stock with VP Lubricants. Go to their website, sign up for the newsletter, and if you're a bracket racer, you're a big money racer, you already know that everything matters, especially your fuel. Go to vpracingfuels.com to find out more information. And while we're talking dot .90 and big money bracket racing and all these 10000 and 50000 and $100,000 bracket races out there, uh, that's where FTI shines. FTI Performance Racing Transmissions and Torque Converters. This is a Paul Lee company. Started uh, over 10 years ago. Paul recently bought it to continue his reign of dominance in the driveline industry with McLeod Clutches. And now FTI Performance Racing Transmissions. Uh, everything that goes between the engine and the drive shaft, they seem to have it all figured out. But go to their website, check them out. If you're building a bracket car, which I know a lot of people are. People are building bracket cars. They want to get a shot at that big monster money. There are a couple of things that are vital to the consistency of your race car. You know, one of those things is your torque converter. It's just so vital. And so go to the best ftiperformance.com transmissions, torque converters. And we're going to get Mr. Samuel who started it all on the show, but it's not just for dot 90 and big money bracket racing. It's for going fast as well. Pro mod top sportsman, top dragster, FTI performance racing transmissions as well. Shout out to Marvin Rodak. Listen, the coffee that I drink every morning comes from Marvin Rodak and I'm just about out by the way. I got to give Marvin a call, but it is roasted fresh per your order. I recommend getting it full bean. It'll change your day. 817-924-6821. Frank Hawley's drag racing school with their dragster adventure program that lets you drive dragsters and samtech.edu, the school of automotive machinists and technology. Later on in the show, I'll tell you, how to become a Patreon, how to become a member of WFO Radio's VIP Listener Club and get behind-the-scenes information. But now let's see what's going on out there with the WFO Radio listeners. Like Dave has been on hold, like waiting for the show. Like the, the guy in the talk radio days that would call before the show starts to be on hold to be the first caller on the line. That's Dave. Oh, yeah, my AM talk radio days. Jim is out there. Derek Green is out there. He's a Patreon. Jeff is out there. Blake. Hi, Blake. How's it going? Good morning, Joe says, Jeremy, his podcast is always good. That's what, what he's talking about. Maybe Mark Malberg. I enjoy your WFO radio shows. Mark and I had a conversation at PRI about exactly that. Happy Wednesday, Joe. It's Lunch with Joe. And yes, it is Lunch with Joe, but that's not a new name of the show. But it is me flying solo. And so let's talk about a couple of things that are on my mind, right? As we watch this season shape up, first of all, where did the season go? 
Where did it go? Nine races left. We are just, uh, how many races? Three races until the Western swing. We're going out West very, very soon. We've got New England this weekend, weekend off, Bristol, Norwalk, back to back. And while I'm talking on the show, uh, I might as well put in a plug or a note or an invitation. Something that has become part of our NHRA social media Norwalk program is the ice cream eating contest, which is uh, will be in its third season, third year. Interrupted, of course, by the bit of the pandemic. We had 2019 and 2021. The current champion is Angie Smith. Uh, but rules have been made, of course, because, you know, you're not allowed to heat your spoon apparently anymore. So we got to write up the rule book and all of that. But we're looking for entrance for the ice cream eating contest. I'll be mentioning that. Uh, it's we, we try to have somebody from each category who wants to be involved. We don't want to pressure anybody to be involved, but they want to be involved. And, of course, the past champion. So Angie's going to be back. No heated spoon. But that will be happening at Norwalk in a couple of weeks. And, yeah, I'm trying to trim down so I can eat like five to ten pounds of ice cream. A couple of big eating weeks. These next few races, like this week, it's all the lobster. We saw Reinhardt up there at, at Bentley's, and he was having uh, lobster. And everyone's going to have lobster. It's like lobster is everywhere. We talked about it on the Ignition Show, how, like, these waves are just crashing on the beach. And lobsters are just, you know, crawling around and people go pick them up. That's not true, but it might as well be with as much lobster as up there at this race. It's a good eating race. Sonoma is a good eating race, too. There's a couple of great races for food. But, uh, you know, where we stay in, the, you know, Portsmouth, right by the water, really exciting situation. About 20 minutes from the track, you go to the track and it is a back in time kind of experience. In fact, for me, it is back to a time that I never really experienced. Maybe Moroso Motorsports Park, a track with bleachers and a tower. Back to Miami Hollywood Speedway, though. We had a big permanent concrete tower. We had big permanent concrete grandstands. There was a feeling of permanence, even though it's no longer there. You know, the boot is right. Nothing is permanent. But this is an old school grassroots track. Race control and the announcer booth and everything is all one spot with a little door to the back room where loans used to sleep and you're overlooking the right lane, like looking straight down into the driver's compartment, which is a great experience to watch drivers go through uh, their action. Seeing the cars on track, there aren't too many places you get closer. Getting up on the fence, watching the cars on the track, the track is elevated a little bit. So you get a great viewing perspective campground over there on the left-hand side. Uh, you know, the Dick family, they've got their whole setup over there. And uh, it's just great. People, they go out of their way to make it a party place. And then there's the side of the hill and the, everything that's going on in the pits. You got, you know, Sigrini walking around, just so many cool exercises in the history. Uh, you know, Clay Milliken and uh, the Lagana family. And, and everybody's got a story about New England Dragway. And the, the age of the people there, it's just widely diverse. You got the real old timers that are there who were there when it opened. And then you got people now bringing their kids and their grandkids. It's just a great event if you like drag racing. If you're going for glitz and glamour, for VIP experiences, yeah, it's not that. But I think it's a mandatory event to see on the tour. All right, let's see what people uh, are saying out there. Uh, Janet, good morning. How are you? Yes, Mark's podcast, Terry Sutton. Terry, 
you guys not going to be out there this weekend. The bikes haven't been there since Angie won. I guess she closed that place down with the bikes. When are those golf shirts going on sale? You know what? These golf shirts are technically on sale all the time because I have to have them made four at a time. So if people want, uh, you know, these golf shirts, you'd have to email me, joe at wforadio.com and tell me a size and then I can have them made. Firebird update. Like my Firebird, ugh, well, the engine is on the engine stand. That's the update. And we're formulating a plan to tear it apart and inspect. And that's it. That's as far as the plan goes. Tear it apart and expect. How many races are the pro stock bikes racing this year? That is a great question. And every year the answer is the same. And it's, I believe, 16 races for the pro stock motorcycles. And these guys and gals are out there, uh, you know, skipping a couple of races here and there. And that's why my pro stock situation is not as bad as some would make it seem like you know, whatever it takes to be a healthy category. Social media will be a lobster fest. So yeah, it's going to be all lobster. Blake, what is your advice for me to become an NHRA reporter on Fox? Blake, uh, communication abilities, definitely. Aggressiveness, definitely. And go out there and, uh, you know, put yourself out there and start doing something. You cannot go from your living room to being on Fox. That is just what Reinhardt and I were talking about yesterday. You just can't. You can't go from doing nothing to being on Fox. You have to have probably several steps in between. And so what's that going to be? You're going to report for who, what, about what? Usually it starts out at your local track. Go to your local track and say, hey, I want to do some interviews. I want to do some reporting and that kind of stuff. Or pick something that is in the uh, neighborhood, like write a blog. Write a blog. Dragster Jeff is listening in Eugene, Oregon, headed to Woodburn. He's on a seven-race tour, one of our Ignition listeners. When you get to Denver, try some Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah, not really an oyster guy. Seafood, okay. Who are we going to see in the winter circle this weekend? We're going to talk about that on the show. What's up, Joe? The construction dudes contractors. I like these guys, right? Uh, planning to take a week in New Hampshire next year to go to the New England Nationals. You should. And eat lobster. Contractors. I'm going to, uh, like you said, go for some good food and old school racing flying out of Jupiter in the morning. Yes, this might be the guy that emailed me. Good morning, Joe. Andrew, how are you doing? Good morning. Good luck to Dan Mercier. Yeah, I agree. Dan Mercier and, and Rob Wendland going to be tuning that car. Hopefully this is what we've seen. We've heard about that. Uh, the Terry McMillan operation is, is going to be back out there. You know, it's a winning combination. It's certainly capable. And Dan Mercier, who uh, along with everybody else that's from north of the border, going to be coming back out to race, and I'm very excited about it. We need more cars. we got 16 top-field dragsters at Piers, 14 funny cars, 17 pro stalkers at last I checked. And so if he could get to the point to be another one of those Trip Tatum-style part-time runners that can also win in a region, that would be really, really good. All right, let's talk a little bit about top speed. An interesting stat that I have found is that John Force Racing's top-fueled dragsters have scored top speed of the meet at every event this year. Brittany in six and Austin Proc in the, the seventh. And they weren't all consecutive, but that's telling me something. I wonder what it is. David Grubnick clearly has been working on a tune-up for a couple of years now that works. Not only does it just kind of drive off the starting line and look very smooth, but it produces big speed. And speed, unless all conventional reason and logic has gone out the window, is connected to horsepower. And as much as we're talking about 
12,000 horsepower and you can not use all the horsepower that you've got. They're using as much as they can to run top speed of the meet, 338 miles per hour at one event. Even the second car, Austin, who is back and tuned by these guys, the Silver Stallions. Oh, no, I'm not letting it go. We're going to increase it. We're going to continue to pour it on. Joe Barlam and Ron Tobler. And thanks for to Steve Brenwald for putting that together. We'll send it to Austin and he's going to amplify it. And But, you, you know, you got to win a race. Fun nicknames are no fun unless you're out there winning a race. But that top speed, seven out of seven for John Force Racing in top fuel. They're making power and then managing the power and getting down the racetrack. You combine that with Brittany. Improved driving by a lot. Self-doubt decreased by a lot. You've got a winning combination. You add that into some restructuring or uh, testing by Team Capco, and we've seen Brittany win, uh, you know, three out of the last four races. What will happen out here in Epping, New Hampshire? Are we going to see more Brittany? Are we going to see a return by Team Capco, who has won, you know, I guess the last three races out here, if you include Billy last year, who will not be defending the event win? So what we're having is a, a battle in top fuel. What about the AJ cars? What about the Coletta cars? I, I don't know. I learned a few years ago that whatever the plan is, like we're going to do this, add six months. We're going to bring in Alan Johnson and he's going to fix our stuff to make it championship caliber. Yes, that's the plan. Okay, hell, what is, whatever the timeline is, add six months, maybe even a year. We've seen it with countless organizations, a crew chief and a driver come together and they start working and working and working and it doesn't just, it doesn't work out at first, but then eventually it does because these things are uh, temperamental. You don't get enough runs and nobody's testing or not a lot, at least parts availability is a challenge. You know, Antron was testing last week and there was some testing going on and rightfully so, but you got to make sure you got the parts and you can get the parts. Let's see. What else everybody has to say? So Britney Force, is it going to continue to be a Britney Force season or is someone else going to emerge to rival her? Because right now, I don't want to say she's walking over the field. She's got three wins. Salinas has got two wins. Steve's got two runner-ups. They could definitely go out there and rip off three in a row or five in a row. Anything's possible for Steve Torrance and the Capco team. But also, this could be the end of their run. And we're trying to figure out the story in advance. So what do you say? Rocky Mountain oysters are just like cow pies. Uh, yeah, I'm against, like I said. Track does look like old Moroso. Yes, I emailed you to take your advice. Yeah, this guy's like, hey, should I go to New England next week? It was last week. And of course I said yes. And now he's going. So that's one for me. They need to have us there. Love me some lobster. Yeah, Terry, we'd love to have you guys there. You know, it's a, a limited deal. Rocky Mountain oysters aren't really oysters. Ah, uh, see, there's, there's uh, everyone's messing with me a little bit. Go on the show without a guest, and then the audience messes with you. Looking forward to seeing Joe Morrison back this week as well. I'm actually very curious about Joe Morrison because they have been putting together a program and doing what so many others have said they are going to do. Joe Morrison is the kind of guy that whatever he tells me now, I'm going to believe him. I don't know about you, but in my life, I've had a lot of people tell me a lot of things, and not all of it works out. Joe Morrison told me 
many years ago that he was working on going top fuel racing and he was going to get there and he was going to go and he was going to do what it took. And he had plans and he had connections and he was going to try to make it happen. And of course, I'm like, yeah, that's great because I believe everybody with some skepticism. But, you know, trust but verify. And so watching Joe in his career, he got there. He made it. He's there. He got his top fuel license. He's running. He's getting around when here or there. But that's not good enough. Just being there. Being there is good enough when you're not there. But once you're there, you got to do more. And he knows that. And so they are taking that team and kind of revamping a lot of parts and pieces and fuel pumps, et cetera, that they are, were, were just in need of outrunning the race car. So they had to make some improvements. I'll be very excited to see Joe this week and to see what they do. Blake says, thank you for answering my question. Yeah, Blake. And that's to everyone out there. You can't, it's no diff. Drag racing is a great metaphor for everything. You don't just go from not racing to running 3.6 seconds. You don't. You have to build to it. And... Or, you know, gosh forbid, you get the opportunity. Yeah, we're going to put you on Fox. And then you stink. And then you don't get invited back. When you get an opportunity, you have to be able to execute what it asks. And so how are you going to craft your skills, hone your abilities, make sure you know something? And that's my problem is I, you know, I'm like, I don't ever think I'm ready for anything. Antron is always a threat. He is. But not as consistently as his fans would like him to be. And that's something we talked about yesterday on the show about AJ and Coletta in today's competition. As long as you're in the top 10 and you're a good place, you can turn it on in the countdown. Then you've got a good shot at it. Example, Robert height. Yes, that is true. And I know that's what they're building towards. Honestly, there are many people who believe that the rule situation currently you know, you really have to make, uh, you know, a qualifying run at every event and then you're in the top 10 or you're not in the top 10, but you get, you qualify for the countdown and the points reset. A lot of people hate that because what is the incentive to do anything other than show up? A lot of people hate it, but if you're Alan Johnson and you're sorting through a situation not that Coletta Motorsports was bad by any means. They just did things in their own way. They had their own program, and now he's going to put his program in there. New people. It takes time. So we know when they've got to be absolutely ready to compete at the highest level. And that's, you know, as soon as possible. But it's also the U.S. Nationals. As soon as possible, but also the U.S. Nationals. And again, you're building, you're building. You have to be able to make things predictable first and then step on it. And this is why the crew chiefs are amazing. They don't get nearly enough love because they're the ones who make it predictable and they hand it to the driver for the driver to not mess up. Love Joe Morrison. He's a good guy. Nick Norris, regarding top fuel mile per hour, is it possible some drivers may stay in the throttle through the mile per hour lights where the others have more difficulty judging where they're at. Nick, I would say no. I would say no to that. Uh, at this time in the sport, especially when we're talking about something like top speed of the meet and one team getting it seven out of seven races. I don't think so. 
Occasionally, a shoot may come out a little bit early or a car may be clicked off. But on a wide open pass where they're going to the stripe, these guys and girls know where the finish line is. They do have a VIP finish line club. That's awesome. I remember the first time I went there, I went down to the finish line. First thing I do at most new tracks and just watch some. And that's where I saw Johnny D ripping the throttle on some guy taking a wind light. It was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So top fuel is an interesting scenario. Talked about Austin, talked about Justin Ashley. Clay Milliken is kind of an interesting story as well, because, you know, looking at some stats, Clay's been on, on the starting line pretty well. Got Jim Oberhofer, same deal. Like, are they in position to compete for a championship and race wins? Well, Jimmo is still sorting out the situation, but now they've just had a few weeks. Before you're running and gunning, and now you got a few weeks to do what you got to do. And I I expect uh, those guys to be moving in the right direction. As uh, Reinhardt said yesterday, this is a happy place for Clay, as is the case with Tony Schumacher. Has won two times. He and Steve kind of lead at Epping with the most top fuel wins on the NHRA side of the scoreboard. And, okay, Tony Schumacher, I want to be back. Yeah, all right. We want you back too. You're back. Now we need this guy competing for race wins. Todd Okahara has had that car, you know, going down the track, but they hadn't found the consistency yet. And he's had some really challenging first round matchups. And we know it because every time uh, he has one of those challenging first round matchups, we make him the marquee matchup because he's Tony Schumacher. And he's had a couple of years where the fans didn't get to see him or hang out with him. And so you got to get him out there. But seeing him get a win would be, uh, frankly, would be tremendous. And so we'll see. We talked a little bit about Leah yesterday. I think they're where they want to be, as in the car is predictable and the car is going down the racetrack. And now they're looking for something else. They're looking for brakes. They're looking for uh, something to go their way. You might get everything tuned up and feeling really good and come out on a thousandth of a second end of a, a race and you still got to load up. So. Bill says the VIP finish line club is sold out. Plenty of pro racer appearances an excellent lunch buffet. Great view. What are you selling it to us, Bill? Unless you got tickets and you're rubbing it in our face that you're going to be in there and we're not. It's going to be great. They've got everything in there and it's sold out. You can't go. I got tickets. Want to buy mine? That's how I was for the formula one race. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. So I am, very interested in top fuel and it's like Britney versus the world. And at this point, will the story be, I always like to think at the end of the year, what will the story be at the end of the year? Will we be looking back and saying, wow, Britney came out of the box real strong, but, or will we be saying it's a season of dominance for Britney force her second championship. And she made her mark in drag racing with this championship. Not that the other one, wasn't uh, significant. Of course it was, but there's something about winning your second championship. So we'll do that. We're going to save picks for the end. Blake, don't jump ahead, Blake. I love Blake, by the way. Those of you wondering about Blake. Funny car. You know, Hagen has won three races here, actually won three in a row before the pandemic, 17, 18, and 19. And then we had 2020 off, 2021. We were back, but it was kind of a limited deal. Um, now the whole... Switch to Tony Stewart. Chemistry, happiness, feeling good, 
excitement to go to work, all of those things. I don't think there's a better example than Matt Hagen. Not that things were negative before, but you can understand that Hagen was one of many. And now he's one of one. He is Tony Stewart's funny car driver. And success of the team hinges upon uh, him in funny car. He and Dickie and Alex and those guys. So he's in a much happier place right now than I've seen him in a long, long time. In fact, Hagen has been, you know, even with his, his three championships and his great wins in the first three second run, always have felt he's kind of frustrated at all times. Like, I don't want to say that he cares about celebrity and fame and wants to be a bigger, more well-respected star necessarily, but he knows the stats and he'll tell you the stats on WFO. He comes on after every win and he says, no, I listen and I monitor and I know my stats and I've won more races in the last 10 years than anybody else. And he doesn't feel like they get the love. And he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder about it. And now he he's acting like he feels supported and more aggressive. And we're seeing it on the racetrack. What a year it has been just that Robert Hyde has been equally as good and right there in the mix. And Ron caps a little bit behind John force Cruz Patagon, of course, but when are the Alexis DeJoria is going to step up and get a win? We know she wants it. Funny cars just wide open. You can't really predict. And we were talking about Tasca yesterday. And I think that's another one. Tasca's got, Everything that Robert and Hagen have. He's the Ford guy. He's got Mike Neff, who is as good as anybody. He's got John Schaefer. That team has been together. And they're up in the Blue Oval. And they've got some race wins. But this would be a breakout win for Bob Tasca. So it'll be very interesting to see how funny car works out. Very difficult to handicap. Of course, last year, everybody remembers Terry, uh, uh, Terry Haddock going to the semifinals. And what about J.R. Todd? And what about, like, well, exactly. There are so many high quality Camping World funny cars. Reaction time going down the racetrack. But do you have to sacrifice part of the season to be good when it matters the most? That's the question. Clutch discs coming in and out, all that. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. And where are those guys, the yellow fellas? Like, where are they with clutch discs and their program? And, you know, Alan's over there now and all of that. Like, what, where are they? And the answer is, they know. We might not know exactly, especially when you're going up against a, you know, a Ron Caps or Dickie Venables who they've been running at a high level for a long time. That question about clutch discs, when someone has to put a new disc in and you have to learn it. You don't want that happening going into the countdown of the U.S. Nationals. So get your stuff sorted out, right? One thing you can count on is JR, for the most part, living leaving on time. Like you don't need to worry about your driver. You need to worry about getting the car right, and I think that's what they're doing. But that's the question always. When will they break out? Will they break out? Once they know the car, will they be able to break out? And that is uh, always uncertain, always uncertain. For instance, you know, I've been making a lot of Formula One analogies lately, and, and it's because I have uncovered that so many people in our drag racing community also appreciate Formula One. And 
just having a fast car is not enough, clearly, by what happened with Ferrari the other day, the example I used. Uh, okay, we made our car fast. Now you got to know how to race it. It's another door. Like Bruce Lee climbing the pagoda, right? Like you get to the next level. What happens there? Well, you need to know a, a new skill, like racecraft, like how to run this thing. And that's that's what everyone is shooting for. So first, make your car fast and predictable so it does what you want it to do. Make sure you have enough parts and pieces, and then you have to be able to uh, run situationally. What can this guy run? This guy can run a 95. Well, we don't need to run an 85. We need to run a 92 in these conditions. I'll be interested to see the weather conditions. Heard about, uh, you know, Saturday and Sunday going to be great. Dragster Jeff, top fuel has rev limiter. Yes, his grubby's tune-up spinning faster or his tires not spinning as much as the other cars. Yeah, wouldn't we love to know those things? The graphs and the charts. Everything that I know is anecdotal from what I see. And Grubnik's car, it, it's as if it drives off the starting line. The violent experience that is top fuel car like just drives off the starting line they make a lot of speed yes they have a rev limiter what are your picks for the weekend funny car a fight for number one qualifier hopefully get that round two by yes typically talking about short fields is uh oh man you know we had a short field and that's a problem and then the the internet commandos will go on there and say look drag racing is dying and we need to we hate this those people terrible but it is a reality. It is a reality. Qualifying going to be very important. You get a free round in the middle of the day. Going to be very important. Often it's, you know, well, you don't want to talk about the buy. No, you, in my opinion, you talk about the facts. And if a buy run is the fact, you got to talk about it. Some driver is going to be able to score a buy run in route to victory in a very important race. Here's one. Joe wants to know who isn't coming. And the answer is the races aren't about who isn't coming. The races are about who is coming. I don't want to give love to the people that aren't coming, but I do get it. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. Paul, Paul Lee, not coming. Paul Lee's going to be back at Bristol and he's going to be back at Norwalk and he's going to be back for pretty much the rest of the year. I understand. They are continuing to work on that car and that team. And frankly, uh, you know, they're not totally sorted out. They're getting their program ready and Bristol and Norwalk. Great place to return since they haven't made the full schedule and they lost that. If you go to every race and make a qualifying run, then stat. Since that's gone, now it becomes about, you know, managing travel and races and budget and get the most out of the season as is possible. Look at this guy. What's up? You tell me, did you see the bit that we did on your bike? I think that was pretty incredible, honestly, going from, you know, nose to tail and then back to the tail. Every part and every piece for the most part on the 268 mile per hour motorcycle of Larry Spider-Man McBride. If you haven't seen it, go out there. It's on NHRA social media on YouTube. It's great. Spider-Man, have you guys figured, are you allowed to tell us about the negotiations with NHRA? Like, when are you going to be back? When are we going to see 270? Hope it's like, you know, Maple Grove or something. 
that would be cool. Pro stock, Erica Enders, Aaron Stanfield, Kyle Koretsky, Dallas Glenn, Greg Anderson. Those are your top five. And uh, really interesting. Like, okay, Greg sitting on win 99 now. These barriers, they're very tough. Tie the professor, beat the professor, win the championship. The last major milestone in Greg Anderson's career is sitting out there. 100 NHRA national event wins. There's probably a sign stuffed in a trailer somewhere that's being carried around. I'll oh, get the sign ready. I'll get uh, now put it put the sign away. I'll get it ready. I'll put it away. Yes, I did. He said Larry McBride says he saw it. That was a huge moment. If you didn't see it, folks, you got to go out there and check it out. Spider-Man is out there. The thing about Spider-Man is that, you know, he's uh, he's available. Maybe I'll send Spider-Man the link. You into that, Larry? I knew this would be that kind of show where something would pop up. It always does. I'll fire off the link to you, and you can jump on the show if you want. But I am wondering when Greg Anderson is going to break through as the champ. We talk about the Capco team and talk about, oh, you know, they've only run it up twice, and what's the deal, and what's the situation, and what's the frequency, Kenneth? And we're not talking about Greg Anderson because it has been a big year of Erica Anders. And, you know, time to start talking about GA a little bit. They've had some changes over there. Uh, Jason Lyon is not quite as involved as he once was. He's basically running the dyno for the team now. He's the dyno operator. Um, some restructuring. There's a lot more cars. There's a lot going on. At what point does a lot going on become too much going on? Just makes me wonder. So I'm going to be very interested to see how the KB cars come out of the box. And... You know, Kid, Kid Chaos, Dallas Glenn, those guys, are they the team leaders now? No, Greg Anderson is, but they've got the ability to go double O on the starting line at will, which is necessary. That's what Aaron Stanfield has. That's what Erica has. The ability to go double O at will. Mason McGahey and Camry, who's got sand haulers back now. Bo Butner, haven't heard from Bo enough yet this season. Troy Coughlin. Sitting ninth in the points, Roger Brogdon on the outside of the top 10. You got Christian Quadra, you got Derek Kramer, you got Matt Hartford, you got Fernando Jr. and Chris McGahey. You've got five pro stock cars that are good quality cars that are outside of the top 10. Now, that rule we were talking about, showing up and getting the thing, just show up, show up, and you're going to be in the points reset. You'll just be further down. So I don't know. Uh, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, Blake, with another question. Do you think Reinhardt is going to be able to find the trains? I'm happy to answer that one. The answer is no. The answer is no. No, I think that at some point, Reinhardt is going to do... See, the thing about Reinhardt is he knows how to accomplish goals. You do what you can do. And if you can't do, you got to hire someone to do. And that's why we were talking about a guide. A guy, I don't like, how about this? I don't like the idea of Reinhardt going out into a wilderness by himself. Not just Reinhardt, but anybody that I know. Like, I don't know. The idea of going out into a wilderness by yourself in search of anything. Yeah. Kind of not my thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in, uh, you know, knowing how to survive and all that. But I'd rather not put it to the test. Like, hey, I live by the ocean, right? So our wilderness is the ocean. Like, I'm going to go out on a little boat by myself. And, uh, you know, see if I can get to Bimini 
bad idea. That's a bad idea. I'm going out into the forest by myself to find a, th yeah, eh. you should really bring a buddy, buddy system. I know, you know, middle-aged uh, adults shouldn't need buddies. They should be totally self-sustaining and self and able to survive every, anything, but that doesn't really work out all the time. Caught an REM reference. Yeah, there's always one. Wilderness alone equals anxiety. Like, I found the trains, and I also found a bear. Oh, like, there's the train, and there's the bear. And what do, you, what do you do? That's why there are guides, tour guides, fisher guides. They, you know, the economy, people, capitalists, trying to make money with their stuff. There should be a tour to go see these trains, honestly. Like, what's wrong with, with uh, Maine? Right. Like someone should be like, I will bring you to the trains. It's going to cost you 200 bucks. Oh, man, here you go. And you need to bring 10 people out there. That's what Jill says. Play dead with the bear. Yeah, I've heard that. And there's nobody to outrun. Like, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you when you're by yourself. You got to outrun the bear. That's why you need the buddy system. I'm interested to see how pro stock goes. Because, you know, remember Kenny Delco will, will be back as well. Um, the playing field has never been more level. We did come off the Camry Caruso emergence as a genuine threat. From what I understand, she has been testing. And, and that is the story behind the story, which is, Yates has said, and Jim Yates is, is out there a lot. And I always say, I'm going to have Jim Yates on the show. And I, and I, I could have had him on today, except, you know, tomorrow everyone's traveling and, and everything. And I didn't, I just want to come on here, but we're going to get Jim Yates on the show. And what he told me was they drove the wheels off the car, testing, testing, testing. You think about how far Camry has come from I, my personal anecdote in Arizona at wild horse pass. When I first walked up to the test, she was the first car on track. And it was, first of all, better than a lot, but not consistent. The consistency wasn't there yet. And now you look at her now, and the consistency is much better. She's number one qualifier. She made it to a final. What's next? What's next for Camry? She emerges onto the scene, and she's doing such a great job with marketing, finding sponsors people to be involved in in her team and her sport and her dad obviously and her grandfather are very much behind her she's got a great like she's got her own everything you think about jim yates world champion crew chief think about titan racing engines formerly gray world champion engine builder what's the what's the weak link in this exercise it, it she'll be the first to tell you i'm sure it's it's her and they're doing everything in their power to get her up to speed by testing because they know, it's my opinion, that they know that these opportunities are limited. They've got a car that can contend and compete for race wins right now. You got to do it. Look at how many people out there uh, don't. Let me see if I'm looking for one. You know, John Gadosh has hired a driver. I don't know about hired a driver is exactly the way to say it. But John Gadosh still owns his car, and he's going to be reemerging real soon as well. I was just looking to see if it's going to happen at this race or not. It appears not. But a gentleman named Chris Sweeney 
going to be doing the driving for John Gadosh, was out there testing at the same time Camry was, trying to get everything squared away and uh, buttoned down so he can go pro stock racing. So another car will be out there and available. But pro stock is the kind of thing I'm thinking about Hartford, thinking about Derek Kramer. They've got good power. They've had terrible luck. They need to start clicking off some round wins to feel confident about where they are. Confidence is so much in this sport. So much. And so there's a lay of the land. Will Erica continue to dominate? Can Aaron Stanfield jump up there? Mark Ingersoll birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Mark. Aaron Stanfield has taken a little time off. What is this time off from Pro Stock done for Aaron? Who I have said he's a championship contender from the time he entered pro stock and has proven that, but got to elevate, got to raise the game. There's been several races where Aaron has had what he would probably tell you is, you know, disappointing reaction times where it could have been a, a little bit better and would have resulted in a different uh, result. So has this time off, you know, sometimes what is it when you first start something, you have beginner's luck and you're, just you don't know all the thousands of ways that you can fail. And then you do real well because you know nothing or less than you do now. But as time goes by, you figure out all the different things that are perilous and you're worried about them. And so your mind is a little cluttered with all of those. But then you fight through it and you come to a new plateau and we'll see where Aaron is. But be nice to see Dodge back in pro stock again sometime soon. Seems doubtful to me in speaking with a lot of people about that, the, you know, the 10.5 rev limiter damaging to the Dodges because they were designed to spin higher. Uh, Alan Brzezinski tells me, you know, the blocks weigh way more. And so it's a, it's a weight balance situation. And, you know, there's only him. So like R&D, look, look at all the development that has gone back and forth. Warren Johnson told me in Atlanta once that he feels like the architecture of that engine is as good, maybe even better than what's happening with the DRCE. But you have, you know, one or two people developing one now. And so you don't have all that uh, cross-pollination that you have with the, the Chevrolet design where, you know, you got KB and you got elite and you got McGahey and you got all this information and occasionally someone will move from one to the other. And, and you just can't beat the numbers. It's just too hard to beat the numbers. And that's true with Chevrolet with everything. They just put so many cars out there. This guy, I guess I feel tardy. You should. You should. All right, so here's my question for the day. Other than the pros, what's your favorite class? Other than the pros, top fuel, funny car, pro stock, pro stock bike, separate those. Put them over to the side. What's your favorite class of drag racing? The one where when they're coming up, maybe you'll go to watch NHRA.TV. You're mowing the lawn and here comes. Oh man, I'm going to go watch that. Put it on. That's what I want to know. Put it in the comment section. Do it right now. Because I've been wondering. I had a great conversation with uh, David Eaton yesterday. You know, comp racer has got a couple of wins this year. We were talking a little bit about it. Competition eliminator. And how they get, you know, not enough love 
not enough love. Like people like, oh, comp. Okay, here we go. Explain the most complicated, complex category in all of drag racing. And okay, there they go. That was them. That was comp. Wow. Such amazing cars to know everything, what everybody is doing. It, it, they're all on a different program. There's a perfect example. The bracket guys, maybe like top sportsmen, fast bracket racing with door slammers. I want to know. I want to hear what everyone has to say. Put it in the comment section, those of you that are out there right now. All right, let's see. Here we go. Bill, comp with an exclamation point. Scott, super stock. See, he's he's hedging. Super stock stock. You got to pick one, man. You know, do you like the big tires? Do you like the cars in their true configuration? Comp for the thinkers. That's what people say. Comp is for thinkers. What did Eaton say? He was rampified. Pro mod. Yeah, pro mod is, is really great too. Changing though. Changing, adapting, just like everything else. The people who love a certain category, you love, oh man, anyone can get into pro. No, you can't. Not everyone can get into pro mod. No, you might have a pro mod. Like, oh man, I got a car that I call a pro mod. Yeah, but to run with Stevie and to run with Jose Gonzalez and Steve Petty, you got to do something a little different. I should say Chris Thorne, right? Like, my goodness, Ricky, top sportsman, top alcohol dragster, and funny car. I love top alcohol funny car. To me, it's one of the great mysteries in our sport. Like, what, what's up with that? Yeah, you can't answer like this. Like them all, Super Gas is probably my favorite. Eric, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I enjoy Super Gas a lot. A lot of people say Super Gas is boring, but they're mistaken. They just don't get it. It's one of those things that you just don't get. Like what? It's it's very competitive. You got a great variety of cars and 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 street roadsters. The street roadster thing kind of, you know, everybody's got something similar. A lot have something similar. Those Corvette roadsters. But what are you going to do? You can't make a rule uh, to limit. You can only have ten sixty three Corvette roadsters per race. Sorry, like you can't do that. So. Lauren, top alcohol dragster. A lot of lady racers and top alcohol dragster. Julie Natas and Matt Sackman winning with Randy Meyer Racing a couple weeks ago. Matt Cummings winning up there with McPhillips family. The two dominant top alcohol dragster, you know, nitro teams. Bill, favorite class is non-pro. Top alcohol, funny car. So how many people are going to say top alcohol, funny car? And there's like eight of them showing up to races, six of them. Two competition eliminator, three top alcohol dragster, four super comp, five top dragster. Way to go, Bill. That's what I want. Stock is ahead of all pro categories for me, says Danny French. You're not the only one. They're, they're, they're a part of drag racing that I believe can be showcased more. We're trying on the social media side. We're trying. Showcase stock eliminator and the personalities of stock with real cars. You know, but I, I got to tell you, let me complain for a second. We create these YouTube videos on NHRA social media and we put them out there showcasing these amazing cars, like walk around and up close and seeing all of them and some shots of them in action and actual racing. And we're not getting traction with them outside of the drag racing community. Like I really felt like, you know, like a Camaro site would love to see an, a, a feature on John Gray's AA stock automatic 69 Camaro even though he tried to have me killed last year at the New England Nationals. And, you know, had a double-A stock heads-up final 
against John Shaw, goes out there and wins it. He's on the stage with me and he alerts the New England Nationals fan base that I'm a Yankee fan, right? He does that. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. But that car, that those videos, why aren't they getting picked up by like automotive websites, classic car websites? The stalkers are the ultimate example. I don't know. Look at this guy. Factory stock. Factory X. He likes factory stock, soon to be factory X. Yeah, factory X can be very interesting. Everybody, it's definitely the most hyped category that NHRA has introduced since, I don't know. Factory X. It's going to be great. Dot 90s for the strategy. Love that. Promod says Blake loves Promod. Super Pro at the finals. Bracket guy. Oh, yeah. I like I like Super Pro too. I like Super Pro too. All the top alcohol classes. Top dragster says Ken Carson. Damon says top dragster and top sportsman. Fast bracket racing with a variety of machines. There's a Studebaker. There's a 57 Chevy. There's a Pontiac GXP. There's a Camaro. Like there's all kinds of stuff. They're all chassis cars, though, with no real rules. Uh, Pro Charger, Nitrous, Cubes, whatever. Just, you know, run the number on the window. Got 90 classes. Uh, I'll get a little bit done. Okay, see, out there watching. Everybody wants to watch. Nostalgia, funny car. Love funny car chaos. Love those nostalgia cars. I like them too. But I haven't really had the experience with them. Being in South Florida, we don't have much of that going on. So next year, I'm going to try to go to the March meet, maybe. Super Gas is like... Super comp just with Corvette Roadsters instead of Chevy Dragsters. That is a fact. You do a great job with action in the pit series. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was just like belly aching a little bit. Will Strong, pray for Will Monroe. Absolutely. Speaking of dot 90 racers, you know, that's uh that's part of it. There's a whole element of what's going on down there on the top end that you've got to remain within certain parameters. And even the best racers, you know, they talk about, and I'll, I'll say it, I'll use the metaphor, you know, drop the anchor out, right? Or like, cut them loose, let them go. When you're still going 170 miles an hour, things are really not designed for that. So, all right, we got something special for you here, guys. I was very proud of myself to have invited this man on WFO prior to the Virginia Nationals, because I knew he was going to do something spectacular. I just rolled the dice that Larry Spider-Man McBride was going to do something spectacular. And then I found myself on the microphone, and I'm thinking, boy, I hope he does something spectacular. And the first time he didn't, broke a belt. The second time, goes out there, runs 268 miles per hour, and here he is, Spider-Man McBride. What's up, Larry? Oh, man, just sitting here listening to WFO Radio, man. What do you do at lunchtime? You got to listen to you. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, no guests today, right? I'm flying solo, as I like to do every once in a while. And uh, I can't let you just sit out there and watch, right? I got to send you the link and have you on the show. What has been the aftermath of that run? You know, it's been absolutely crazy. I mean, what, uh, you know, all the media coverage and all the stuff that you guys did, uh, it's been absolutely awesome. Come back, got everything all tore down getting ready and got some stuff working within hra you know uh ain't allowed to mention exactly which races yet but it could be two more races for sure uh we're looking forward to that um, um and I, I can tell you what i'm hoping i'm hoping uh the big go and maybe maple grove that would be awesome wow 
That would be awesome. I'm sure the Koretsky family would love it. Uh, you had a special link for tickets, right? Which I, I loved, and I ran into a lot of people. I don't know how many people use the link, and it doesn't really even matter. Because the anecdotal energy from, like, you know, the Laganas and, and, and everybody that really appreciates what you were doing, it, might, it maybe wasn't even a show for fans as much as it was for people who work, you know, in the biz, Right. Like that's where the love really came from in the biz. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable that, you know, all the top fuel car guys, it's Bobby Logano and, 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 you know, Richard Hogan and all of the all of the guys up and down uh, Nitro Alley was absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, all the scrappers team, Mike, I mean, it just goes right on down to everybody. Um, uh, Lexus Jury that came over to saw us. Uh, so it's just been a. It was an awesome, awesome experience. And like I say, it's been 20 years since I'd been at NHRA. So to be able to come back and to be able to get accepted the way we did and see all of our friends that we've known forever. And, you know, we stay in touch with a lot of these guys, you know, and, and uh, that's how you advance in racing uh, um, is, is surrounding yourself with the good people. And that's what we've done and worked really hard on the motorcycle and you know, I'm lucky to have the, you know, the crew that I have that works. I've all my crew's been with me for over 20 years. So that's been good. So just to be able to go back out there and, and be able to do it again, we would like to have run on Sunday, unfortunately, you know, time not, a, you know, not allowed. Uh, at the time, you know, first round took a long, just didn't have enough TV stuff left. We was hoping to get to run behind top fuel finals, but unfortunately that didn't happen. But, uh, Shoot, we're going to go to some more races, and, and we're definitely going to go. Don't know exactly which ones we're going to get to go to yet, but we're definitely coming back out there and, um, you know, see if we can't lay a good number down and, you know, have some fun out there. It's uh, It was just awesome to be with the big show cars. And so, it, you know, it, I'm almost lost for words sometimes. That's hard for me to do. I can talk and talk and talk, and it's awesome to be able to uh, be out there with you guys, and y'all do such a great job. You did a great job announcing the deal, and, you got all excited. I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was really good. Well, exactly. Well, you know, how could you not, right? Like that's a big moment and we're there in Richmond and those fans hadn't got to see, uh, you know, NHRA drag racing for a few years and you got Tommy and Judy and they are putting their genuine life into this deal and they're out there collecting, you know, parking money and, and, uh, and we owed it to them to do as much as we could to try to make it as great as it could possibly be so that next year when we go back, people in that region go, man, that was something special. And you ge you genuinely added to that. And uh, and it was great. So now you said you haven't been to the NHRA for 20 years, meaning you hadn't raced at the NHRA for 20 years. But I'm right, sure you I haven't can... raced. Oh, no, I go. Trust me. I go to yeah. all, the, you know, all the races that I can go to, Joe. Uh, we always go to, you know, always go up to the Dinwoody race of course and we do make a few other ones you know here and there and not like we like to because we you know we had a, other races that we had been going to you know uh, other sanctioning bodies and we decided we'd been working with nhra since 20 january of 2020 i flew out to california and me and jack Crapella went out and we had a meeting with josh and uh all of the guys, right? All the NHRA brass we had meetings with, and they was all for it. And then, then the pandemic, right? So that kind of hurt us in 2020. And then in 2021, uh, May of 2021, I decided to have my knee replaced because I've been having a lot of knee problems. 
and then when I had that done, it things just happened. It had all kind of other sicknesses, and it was just one thing after another. So I ended up setting out the whole 2021, and then you know said so we're going after this deal in 2022. So we just kept working with NHRA, and uh, Ned Wallister has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Bob Blackwell. Um, you know, just Evan. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, these Josh. guys are all fans, and that's the thing. They're all fans, and I'm not. Hopefully, I'm not telling you know secrets behind the scenes. But they all appreciate it. Like they all feel the same way, right? Like, what? No, what can we do? And um, everyone was pretty much, and Dave too. By the way, we got to give him some oh. love. He didn't go 268 miles per hour, but he's out there putting on a show with you. And how do we make the show bigger? without disrespecting the people that are here on a regular basis. And I think like this was a very well received situation, but I want to know, like, what do you think of the the rest of the show? Like, all right, you're part of the show at that event, but like, you know, Brittany Forrest and, and what's going on with those guys. Like, what is your observation of top fuel and funny car? Well, I'm going to tell you, I got to, I got to go hang out with a few of the guys, you know, Jimmy Proc, uh, Grubnick, the Capco boys, and to see what they do, you know, Tim Wilkerson was across the aisle from me. You know, Alexis Jury was next next to me. To see what they do, and you know, I know Nikki Bonifani really well, and to, just to see what all them guys do, and what they go through to make the show. Oh, I'm a like I said in the press conference, I'm a fan of all drag racing, not just Top Fuel Funny Car. I mean, that Nitro is my favorite. Okay, I'll be the first to say, but I love Pro Stock. You know, I, I love all of the, all the comp cars and it, 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 all the 990 cars. I mean, I had some friends from home, you know, up there running in the 990 class, I believe it was. Um, you know, I uh, had Tommy Corbett here in town that uh, races. It's a very strong race. We had uh, another boy, uh, Dean, uh, was up there racing. And, you know, to be able to see them guys uh, was, was awesome. Um, and just to be able to see all the people that I knew, um, you know, I had a buddy of mine from down here that has owns Danny's glass. They own several glass stores and they brought 25 people, um, uh, up in like a little, you know, party bus. Right. And, uh, it was awesome. They all bought off and off of the link, which oh, wow. I had, I had asked everybody to, you know, if they could to, to buy off of the link to, you know, help show the NHRA people and all that we do have a following and, and, you know, maybe that would give them a little better, you know, to bring us back, you know? Uh, well, absolutely. And, and that's why we, we put it out there as well. They, you know, they need to know data, right? Like if you're a race car guy, uh, you, you have got, if you don't have data, you have an opinion and to be able to show whatever the number was, this is, this is how many people we brought in. And then like, Oh, well, let's see how that goes. That's only a good thing uh, for NHRA drag racing. We are working hard to fill the seats, and there are people who will come back next time to see it again. Larry, thanks for jumping on here. I appreciate yeah. that. I was well, going to fly solo. I want to say a shout out to Dave Vantine and their crew because, like you said, they they did one hell of a job um, to go out. They run 200, two 250 mile an hour passes, which are no shabby runs. Um, I mean, they're on they're on top of it. So. I'm sure Dave will be coming back with us to a, another race, and hopefully we'll bring two more bikes. That, that's our goal is, is have a four-bike shootout. That's bringing it a little bit bigger, a little bit more show. So that's, how, that's what we're hoping to do. And then, 
you know, maybe down the road we can, you know, bring six. So we'll just have to see. It's, you know, you can only run so many stuff, so much stuff in one day at a race. Right. And I, and I understand that, you know, you can only get so many vehicles up and down the racetrack. So I think NHRA and, um, uh, the safety safari, what they had to go through, I believe it was on Thursday. If you had a saw the, you, you saw the racetrack, you say, hi yeah. in the world, are they going to fix it? And look what they did. I mean, we had phenomenal runs. Look what Brittany did. I mean, look what the Capco boys did. You know, look what all of the funny, I mean, it was just a, a great show altogether. I mean, I was, uh, tickled we was all standing up there on the starting line and you know it was it was really cool to to um you know watch everybody and watch the you know the starter to get the meet so i'd never met this because the only starter that i had met was back in the day was buster couch right wow so, that tells you that tells you a lot yeah so you know to be able to make you know to, to meet the starter and meet all the guys on the starting line meet the safety safari people and you know at top end some of the guys down there said man i was in I was in Houston in 1999 working for Safety Safari when when you went to 599. So man, that makes you feel good and made us feel real welcome. And you, you did a great job uh, on the interview with the bike. And uh, I, I really just can't say enough about you guys, Joe. I love your show and I love everything you, you and Alan do. And um, you know, if I if I don't if I ain't working too hard just at lunchtime, I'm watching WFO radio. I can guarantee you that. Well, thank you, Larry. I, I one of my big it. sponsors. I don't know if you know that or not. What's that? WFO? W- yeah. I saw it on the on the wheelie bar. Yeah, yeah. They're one of my sponsors. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on the wheelie bar. That that sticker went 268 miles per hour. That's right. That's right. We that's got amazing. We got to represent the guy that represents us, and that's what we try to do. Thank you for doing that, by the way. And and there's there's uh, there's no way to to quantify that, right? Like somebody sees that and they're like, that thing just went 268 miles per hour. Let me check out this podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you a picture so you can set it behind your your wall so you'll be able to see it. See. Oh, there's a spot right there. There's okay, a spot I, right there. We, okay, we're, hey, we're, listen. We're working on that. <laughs> I can't. I can't let you go. But Damon's got a question, and he wants to know what your daily drivers are. Two and four wheelers. So this will be how we part ways. But what are your daily drivers? What does the Spider-Man, you know, used to go to the grocery store or, or whatever? My '94 Chevrolet pickup truck that I restored that a friend of mine that used to sponsor me passed away in 2001. Left me the truck. I restored it. That's my daily driver, and that's what I love to drive. I ain't. I ain't a big show. I ain't a big show guy with, um, with, with, you know, real fast cars or nothing like that. I just like my old truck that we got a little hot rod motor in it. And we just drive it back and forth to work and I don't ride many motorcycles on the street anymore. I do have a few motorcycles, but I don't ride them on the street. Uh, I think just being in the business so long and the area I live in is, is, um, I don't think is, is a motorcycle safety area. We have too many U-turns and, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of them things, but my 94 Chevrolet is my, is my daily driver. There you go. Larry, thank you very much. I appreciate you jumping on here. And uh, again, it was one for the ages. David Eaton, he goes out there, he wins comp. He says that you stole the show. So congratulations. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks for having me on. All right. There he goes. Appreciate you, Larry. Take care. Yes, Spider-Man. How about that? We're kind of tying it all together. Our last race out there in Richmond as we get ready for Epping. All right, guys, pick your winners. In the comment section right now, top fuel, funny car, pro stock. We had a bunch yesterday for, you know, Brittany, John, Erica. That was the conventional logic yesterday, but we didn't get to do an official like picks segment. 
And so we're on the home stretch now. Top fuel, funny car, pro stock. Let's see. And you know, maybe someone should keep track of these. Here's one. Lauren says Camry, Austin, and John Force. Well, I think that the Austin Proc win would be very popular because then this thing would get out there a lot more. You know, there were the Wild Stallions, which you, you know, I don't know that Austin knows about the Wild Stallions because it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and that's from a long time ago. But maybe. So we'll see. Again, nicknames and, and all that stuff. Like nobody wants a nickname for doing nothing. You got to go win. Uh, Essex, Justin Ashley, Ron Caps. Dallas Glenn. You know, the Justin Ashley thing, this guy is a bona fide championship contender. And, and they're probably a perfect example of, okay, what do we need to do to elevate our game? You got Team Capco. They were in the championship hunt last year. Remember Justin and Dallas? Like they were, they were in the mix. I think last year could count as their you've got to come close before you can win one. And uh, they were in some real serious championship scenarios last year that had they gone the other way, you know, maybe things change. Um, I think that's what they're looking for right now. Dallas Glenn, kids aces, just got to be able to go out there and, and find consistency. And the juggernaut, that is Erica right now. And then Ron Caps, it will be the first one in the Toyota. Brittany Alexis Erica. You like the lady racers, do you? That would be interesting. That would be a, a great winter circle to talk about. Salinas, Hagen, Erica. Mike Salinas, runner-up last year. Hagen would be another final round. It's been to every final round, you know, except for uh, no, except for two now. Matt Hagen. And then Erica would be a continued season of dominance. She almost won back-to-back -back here a couple of years ago. Had that uh, final round against Chris McGahey. Which would she do? Go red? That was just a bizarre one. But Meanie, she's still, uh, you know, looking this year very differently than years past. Reference our interview from a week ago, which was great, but just like she said it right at the very beginning of the year, and I believe it is still true. No more Miss Nice Erica. Very intense. Antron Alexis A. Aaron. So Aaron Stanfield could definitely win. Alexis would be very popular. Remember, uh, Bandero Premium Tequila was the associate sponsor of the event last year in a, in a time of need. And uh, Antron, wow, that would be really great for AB to get his first win as a team owner and also inject himself into this conversation. You've got one of the most dynamic personalities in all of motorsports, but that doesn't count. Nobody cares about dynamic personality if you're not winning. You have to be winning to be relevant. And that's that's what has made John Force so amazing all these years. The guy's, you know, 73 years old, and he's been winning. Couple races a year, the guy finds a way to a Wally. And that's all you got to be. You don't have to be the number one guy. You don't have to be the best guy. You don't have to be winning the championship. You don't have to do any of that. You just, that guy, he's one of the greatest of all time. Oh, really? Show me some evidence. Uh, you know, well, he won three races ago. Or he won four races ago. He won the U.S. Nationals two years ago. You have to win. Hasn't been that long for A.B. But getting a win this year, that would mean something. And they just tested, so we'll see. Langdon, Cruz, 
Greg. It will be Greg's 100th. Cruz Pedagon wins are always very popular. And Langdon. And he's got a new uh, sponsor on this weekend, Clean Harbors, kind of a uh, sustainability uh, sponsor. And given the region of the country, makes perfect sense. And I love the idea of using a race car as a billboard to promote something positive. You know, me living in the South Florida area where nature is a big thing and the water and the ocean, you know, we go to the beach and we look around and, uh, you know, the, the, the garbage in the water. Like, like the, you, you can't bring up a subject without having somebody push back on it. Like, well, this is a problem. No, it's not a problem. Why are you even bringing that up? But garbage in the water, especially plastic, is a problem. Like, you just got to go into the water and look around. You're like, oh, my goodness. So to see that they are going to try to keep, uh, you know, harbors clean is a good deal. Alexis, that's it. He doesn't even need to pick anybody else. Yeah. That would be a very strong start to the season. Lee Tasca Christian. Well, you know, Paul, Paul, uh, Lee. Lee. It's not triggering with me, but that's okay. Josh Hart, Alexis, Kid Chaos, the track owner. Oh, yeah, I plan to ask him a whole bunch of questions. Like, when are you building the Colossus? And when is the giant rotating VIP room coming out? And all of those things. All of those things. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this edition of WFO Radio. Wanted to jump on here. Before we travel, no show tomorrow. I'll be on my way up there to New England midday. But we'll be on NHRA.TV Friday morning. We're going to go do all the bits. Maybe a drive the stripe. Maybe a drive the stripe from down there. I don't know. Try to put together some attention to pits, some good programming, feature some cars from the New England area. All Toyota final round, Ron and Alexis, Antron and Steve. Look at John Garrett breaking out the Toyota low. All right. I think Steve Torrance is going to break through for his first victory. I think it's going to happen here this weekend. That's one. Funny car. I like the Caps pick. The new body, they've been working, they've been figuring things out. They were running pretty well out there in Richmond. I'm going to go with the Caps pick. I think the track owes him one after that weird thing that happened last year. And pro stock, wow. Tough to go against Erica Enders right now. So I'm going to go with Erica. So there you go. I've made picks. And I think a couple of quasi-bold predictions, right? With a Capco breakthrough win for Steve. The first Toyota win for Caps. And then the Erica one is, you know, I'm not out on a thick limb on that. Big thanks to our sponsors. Appreciate the people who make it possible. Phillips Connect and BP Racing Fuels. FTI Performance Transmissions, of course. Total Seal Piston Rings. Samtech.edu, Frank Hawley. And Marvin Rodak. Plus, you know, CIP1. California import parts for you air-cooled folks. That's KI from Hartford's team. A banner ad sponsor on WFORadio.com. All you air-cooled Volkswagen people, get on that. All right, guys. Thanks to Spider-Man McBride and everybody who has supported the show. See you on Friday on NHRA.TV. In the meantime, hit the archive. WFO.